Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back. So, have you ever heard of a divine failsafe? The faithful failsafe, I like to call it. Basically, this is an idea that uh, many Christians have about, hey, doesn't matter how bad I screw up, God's going to bail me out. God's got my back. God will clean up my garbage. This idea is kind of birthed out of Romans 8.28. And Romans 8.28, and this is the English Standard Version here, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So, if you believe in God, then God tries to work everything out for good. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't mean bad stuff doesn't happen to people around you. In other words, if we decide to do something silly or dumb, if a a believer, and by that, uh, a minister or, you know, either the pulpit or the pew, either one of those groups decides to do something silly... Uh, there's consequences to be had. The concept is, and, and, and this is the thing that Paul emphasizes that I think that still preachers are missing today sometimes, is that God holds ministers or who are behind the pulpit to a higher standard because they are saying they know what the Bible says. Okay? So, let's get back to this idea that, hey, doesn't matter what kind of life I lead, God will fix it. You know, God will fix it. No problem. God can come back behind me and just erase all that weird stuff. Well, hmm, Let's clarify that just a little bit. So, I've been going through the book of First uh, and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, where you've got a really good history of Judah and Israel. Okay, so that's more like Israel on the north side of of uh, the country, and Judah is on the south end. And by the way, Jerusalem is. Where is in the is in the uh, is in Judah? Okay, it's on the south side of the country. Now, I wish I could say that there were a a ton of really stellar kings in these books because these are chronicles and uh, rec- you know records of kings of Israel and Judah. And I don't say that to belittle the Jewish nation at all. I believe that 
what we find in these books is pretty much uh, usable for any nation you want to point your finger at. In fact, I think they, they, they come out ahead. Now, here's the thing. There were a few kings that were really good that it says, hey, this person, God's got, you know, God's on this person's mind. They've got God's attention. Asa, King Asa, was one of these guys. In chapter 14 of Second Chronicles, here's what it says about King Asa. And he was in Judah, which, again, on the south side of the country of Israel. It says, uh, this verse 2, and this is KJV on this one. It says, and Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the foreign gods and the high places and broke down the images and cut down the idols. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord their, of their fathers, the Lord God of their fathers, and to do the law and the commandment. And he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. So God gave him some peace. Why did God give him peace? Because he did the deed. He cleaned up the country. Now, there's there's a caveat in there, okay? So there's a catch. And and I'll I'll get to that in just a second. So, so here's the thing. Asa was a stand-up king. He was a good good leader, good ruler. Had and and he had God's attention. The interesting thing is, is that it's not just about where you start. It has to be also where you end. Keeping God's attention is the key. Throughout your life, it is the key. It doesn't matter if you started as Billy Graham, if you, uh, if you end your life as a mass murderer, you know, uh, kind of wipes stuff off the plate. A lot of, uh, a lot of people start <laughs> ministries that are really actually pretty good to begin with, and then they just go haywire. For example, Jim Jones. Jim Jones was a preacher, and uh, he started a, a group, had a, had, a, had a church, and then all of a sudden he started this group. And then before you knew it, over time, this total group of all his followers were drinking poison Kool-Aid and giving it to their kids. And they killed themselves. Jim Jones. My understanding is, initially, he's a pretty good-sounding preacher. So, God has to be where we end up, not just where we start. Now, let's look at... Asa, because Asa gets a warning from a prophet named Azariah in chapter 15. 
So, in chapter 15 of Second Chronicles, it starts, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, and he said to him, Hear you me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So, here's the thing. Just because we got a pocket full of really great intentions doesn't obligate God to stick with our plan if we go off, uh, off into outer space. So, it doesn't matter what kind of warm fuzzies you got if you jump in the volcano. You're still going to die. So, that being the case, it is very important to keep in mind that that's where we need to start and that's where we need to end. Now, in verse 17 and 15, it's, it says of him, and by the way, there was you know, uh, quite a little campaign that King Asa led, and he he put the whoop on the northern end uh, of uh, of the country and Israel. A lot of the people on the northern end, which was Israel, came to him as well, and Asa had a chance to do some of these reforms, taking out these places, these idol worship places. They refer to those as high places also. And those are really significant because they tended, at that time, were habitual places people would go and worship foreign idols. And it was, every time somebody did that, it was like poking God in the eye. All right? It really uh, upset him. Now, in verse 17 it says, But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. So, he had good intentions. Now, why didn't he take them away in Israel? He did it in his country of Judah, but he didn't do it in Israel. I wonder why. See, sometimes it has to do with the fact that, oh, well, I don't want to go that far. Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, well, you know, I want to be holy, but I don't want to be that holy. You know, because if I'm that holy, then that's going to make people uncomfortable or make me look kind of strange. So Asa had an opportunity to take him down in Israel, but he didn't take it. But he did in his own country. So he gets credit, but still. Now, here's the tough part. Asa eventually uh, ends up uh, going out on his own. And that's why he had that warning from Azariah. It says, look, if, if you're, as long as you're with God's program, God's with your program, okay? But uh, there was a prophet God sent to him and said, um, you're messing up, you're messing up. And Asa had the guy jailed. But that prophet in jail... And eventually, uh, Asa messed up bad enough to where um, 
he got a disease in his feet, and it killed him. So uh, in chapter 16, verse 12, it says, And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was disease in his feet, until his disease was very great. Yet in his disease he sought not the Lord, but physicians. Hmm. Now, and then it says some pretty, pretty, uh, poignant, kind of strong. It says, And Asa slept with his fathers and died year 41 of his reign. So, initially, the guy had awesome, awesome focus. It even said so. He even got commendations on that from God. But you got to finish. You got to finish strong. No matter what side of the pulpit you're on, no matter what, and, and, and any time there's a preacher that says they're immune, you watch it. God will show them they're not. Believe me, we're not immune. But we have to be consistent. Consistency. That's something that's, that's hard. Now, how do you do that? You do that a little bit at a time. The thing that I love about Peter is that he may not be the, the Apostle Peter. He may not be the smartest knife in the drawer, but man, he never gives up. He just he keeps on pounding that rock. And sometimes you have to be that way. You just have to keep on going. You just have to stick with that prayer, Bible study, and outreach in whatever measure you can Put on those every day and continue through that because God will pull you through it. In Hebrews 13, 5, and let me leave you with this. It says that, well, in fact, the writer of Hebrews says, keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He. Okay, so the writer of Hebrews is saying, he said that. Who does he say? <laughs> Where does that reference come from? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Is that Jesus's? It, yeah, it can be counted to Jesus, but here, here's, here's where it comes from. Deuteronomy 31.6. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you, and he will not leave you nor forsake you. So, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.